invite you on this Mother's Day to take your copy of God's Word and find the last chapter in the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31. And on this Mother's Day, let me extend to all of you who are mothers my sense of uh, appreciation for the high calling to which God has placed you and wish you God's grace in this most high of callings. Well, one thing all of us have in common is every one of us has a mother. And our mothers have taught us various things when we were children growing up. Our mothers have taught us religion. You better pray that will come out of the carpet. <laughs> or foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. <laughs> I think that one's universal. Our mothers have taught us weather. It looks like a tornado swept through your room. Our mothers have taught us hypocrisy. If I told you once, I've told you a million times. Do not exaggerate. <laughs> and then our mothers have taught justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, today, I want you to think with me in Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31 on a profile of a wife, wise mother, and wife. I have read this chapter at many funerals, but I've never preached a sermon from Proverbs 31. Not sure why, but we're going to remedy that today. Proverbs 31, beginning with verse 10. <clears throat> A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark and she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed, and she is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. 
She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. We've said over the last several months as we've studied the book of Proverbs together on Sunday morning that Proverbs is a book about practical wisdom from God. And when we embrace this wisdom that God has given to us, we will flourish. Now, Proverbs 31 is wisdom from God for flourishing as a woman. I'm aware when I stand to preach that approximately half of those to whom I speak are men and about half are women, or I should say boys and girls as the case may be. So this is a message primarily to the ladies today, but I want all of you to listen carefully because all scripture is not only God read, but all of it is profitable for every one of us. Now in the Hebrew text of the Old Testament, what we have here is a poem. And uh, every verse is, begins with a, first, with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet. It's like an acrostic. In the English language, we would say A to Z. And so what we have here is an inspired account of a wise mother and wife. This is the profile of a wise mother and wife given to us in this 31st chapter of Proverbs. And we see immediately following reading the text that the standard here is exceedingly high. And every wife and every mother should aspire to be a Proverbs 31 woman, uh, to be a wise wife and mother. On the other hand, don't condemn yourself that you don't measure up. God gives grace to those who seek his grace. You know the old adage, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world? Well, that's a lot of truth in that. For instance, uh, most of you in high school had to study in American literature in the 11th grade about Jonathan Edwards and his most famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Jonathan Edwards was arguably the greatest theologian and intellect that America has ever produced. His wife, Sarah, they lived together in the 18th century before the United States became a country. Jonathan Edwards and his wife, Sarah, had 11 children. They had a very loving and intensely devoted marriage. Elizabeth Dodds wrote about their marriage and she said about the Edwards family, the way children turn out is always a reflection on their mother. And then she chronicles the pro prolific social contributions that stemmed from the Edwards children and their descendants. And Elizabeth Dodds quoted a study done in 1900 by A.E. Winship, in which he lists the names of some 1,400 descendants of Jonathan and Elizabeth Edwards. The Edwards family, according to Winship, produced 13 college presidents, 65 professors, 
100 lawyers and the dean of a law school, 30 judges, 66 physicians and the dean of a medical school, 80 holders of public office, three United States senators, mayors of three large cities, governors of three states, a vice president of the United States, and a controller of the United States Treasury. Winthrop went on to say that he believed that, quote, much of the capacity and talent, intensity and character of the more than 1,400 of the Edwards family is due to their mother. And so truly we can say that Sarah Edwards was a Proverbs 31 wife and mother. So this morning, I want you to think with me about the profile as given to us in this 31st chapter of Proverbs of a wise wife and a wise mother. The first one found in verses 10, 11, and 12 is, she is valuable to her husband. A wise wife is valuable to her husband. Verse 10 begins with a question. A wife of noble character, who can find? It's a great question. And uh, it's worth the search to find such a wife. How valuable is she? She is worth far more than rubies. You may have a translation that says diamonds. You may have a translation that says jewels or precious stones. But such a woman is valuable to her husband. Now, in diverse ways, as we're going to see as we work our way through this passage of Scripture. But in particular, such a woman is valuable financially. It's been a few years ago. In fact, it was 2005, Newsweek magazine declared a story entitled Mother Matters. Based on a survey done by Salary.com that stay-at-home moms... When you add up all the hours they invest every week and all the different uh, duties and responsibilities that they have as wife and stay-at-home mom, if they were compensated as they should be compensated, they would be compensated $131,471 a year. My guess is uh, stay-at-home moms don't get any compensation at all financially. But the writer of Proverbs says she is worth far more than rubies. Why? Verse 11 tells us why. Because her husband has full confidence in her and therefore he lacks for nothing. A wise wife and mother is valuable to her husband because he's confident, he trusts her. Now we saw in Proverbs 18:22, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Verse 12 says, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So the first thing we learn is that she's valuable to her husband. Number two, in verses 13 through 19, we see that she cares for her family. Look in verse 13. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. 
This woman is a seamstress. She knows how to sew clothes. Verse 14, she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. I don't think here she gets on a ship and goes out and fishes. That's not what this is talking about. He's just simply saying that she knows how to prepare meals, buy the food. A contemporary application would be she'd be well acquainted with Kroger or Publix. She knows what's on aisle seven and aisle 10 and all the other aisles. Verse 14, she's an early riser. She, she gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Now, remind me of my mother when I was a boy. She wouldn't let me go to school in the morning unless I had a full breakfast. And uh, if I was late for school, that was just my problem. But I was not going to leave home on an empty stomach. I don't ever, as a child, remember waking up. My mother wasn't already awake. She's an early riser. Verse 16, she's a gardener. She buys a field, considers a field and buys it. And out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Numbers, verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She's a hard worker. Uh, in, the, in the paraphrase by Peterson, known as the message, she paraphrased verse 17 this way. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. A wise wife and mother doesn't have a lazy streak. Verse 18, she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. That is, if necessary, she'll work far into the night to accomplish the things that she needs to get accomplished. And then verse 19, in her hand she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. So... Again, in the message, this is paraphrased, she is skilled in crafts of home and hearth, diligent in her homemaking. Now, over the course of my lifetime, I've seen the role of a stay-at-home mom diminished and ridiculed and heard moms told, if, if, if you just want to raise kids and don't want to work outside the home, you, you really have failed. And I want to elevate today the role of stay-at-home moms. I'm not upset with with uh, ladies who work outside the home, but I think it's time we give a pat on the back to those who stay home with the kids. You may know the name of uh, Brenda Barnes. She was president and chief executive officer of Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi Company, maker of Pepsi-Cola. In 1997, Brenda Barnes shocked the world when she submitted her resignation as president of PepsiCo in order to be a full-time mom to her three children, then ages seven, eight, and 10. Mrs. Barnes said, and I quote, I'm not leaving because my children need more of me. I'm leaving because I need more of them. Called one of the highest ranking women in corporate America by the Wall Street Journal, she had devoted 22 years to reaching the top of her profession and she gave it all up for the sake of her family. She said she made up her mind to leave PepsiCo, 
The day one of her children told her it was okay if she kept working as long as she promised to be home for their birthdays. An innocent plea for just one day a year of quality time with mom. It broke her heart. It made her realize how much her children's lives she had already missed and how much she stood to lose if she didn't make some changes in her life. And so she made the change and she gave up her position as the head of a $7 billion a year multinational corporation just to go home and be mom. Food for thought. A wise wife and mother cares for her family. Number three. A wise wife and mother cares for the poor and the needy. Look in verse 20. She opens her arms to the poor. She extends her hands to the needy. Uh, a Proverbs 31 woman is tender in heart. She has compassion toward those who are less fortunate than she and her family. She has the ability to see needs beyond those of her own husband and, ch and children. And she stands ready to give of her time, her energy, her influence, and her money to help those who are less fortunate than she. She believes that what the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required, that if she's been given much, she has an obligation under God to be generous and to help those who have less. It is not for her own self-indulgence, but it has been given to her by God to bless others in Jesus' name. A wise wife and mother cares for the poor and the needy. Number four, she is prepared for difficult days. We see this in verses 21 and 22. She knows that life has its good times and bad times. There are days of prosperity and days of adversity. Uh, there are days when the sun shines bright. There are days when the storms rage. And regardless of what comes her way, she's prepared. Look in verse 21. She's, she's prepared to take care of others. Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet because she's prepared for when the storms come, when the snow comes, when it's cold. But verse 22 says she's also prepared to take care of herself. She makes coverings for her bed, and she herself is clothed in fine linen and purple. Danny Aiken, president of the Southeastern Seminary, said about this verse, this text would indicate that this woman was a woman of means. Because of her character and commitments, God could entrust her with material blessings, knowing that she will not hoard them, but that she will share them. Working with her own hand, she uses the finest fabrics and the highest quality materials available to her. She is strong and elegant, gracious and attractive. Her outward apparel only enhances the radiant beauty that shines from her heart and her soul. The Proverbs 31 woman is prepared for difficult days for her own household and for herself. Number five. She brings honor to her husband. Look in verse 23. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Her husband is a blessed man because his wife respects him. She does not denigrate him. She does not run him down to his face or behind his back. 
She brings honor to her husband. She is the kind of wife that every man needs to make it in this dog-eat-dog world. She does not seek to tear him down. She seeks to build him up. Whether in the home, in the church, or in the community. And she is her husband's greatest asset. She is his and he is hers. And the whole world that knows them knows that they are devoted one to the other. She makes him better than he would be without her. That's the kind of wife every husband needs. A wife that brings honor to her man. Number six. Verses 24 through 27, she manages her household well. Now, those of us who are men who don't have responsibility to manage the household, at least if you're like this man, we don't realize what an extraordinary challenge it is to be a stay-at-home mom and wife. Linda Weber wrote a book entitled, Mom, You're Incredible. She asked in that book this question, what in the world do I do all day? This is what she said. Being a mom is a job with a capital J. We work our fingers to the bone, push our nerves to the edge, and use every skill we have to accomplish the day's demands. Just what does a mother do all day? Today's college student can't imagine Numbers of women are baffled by what they'd do with all that time if they had to be home. Sometimes mom herself can't remember. Then Linda Weber notes what a mother is. She writes, what am I? I am the following. Baby feeder, changer, bather, rocker, burper, hugger. Listener to crying and fussing and thousands of questions. Picker-upper of food and debris cast on the floor. Comforter, encourager, counselor. Linguistic expert for two-year-old dialects. (laughs) Listener to the husband as well as to the children about their day, their needs, their concerns, their aspirations. Teacher of everything from how to chew food to how to drive a car. Assistant on school projects. Censorer of TV, movies, and books. Reader of thousands of children's books, planner and hostess of children's birthday parties, planner and hostess of adult dinner parties, central control for getting the appliance fixed or the carpet shampooed, executioner of ants, roaches, wasps, and other pests, resident historian in charge of photo albums, baby books, and school record books, resident encyclopedia source for all those hard questions that seem to arise, food preservation expert, Keeper and locator of birth certificates and other valuable documents. Ironer of wrinkles. Appointment desk for the family's visit to the doctor, the dentist, the orthodontist, the barber, and the mechanic. Seeker of God, one who prays. Cleaner of the oven, the drawers, the closets, the garage, the curtains, the windows, and even the walls. Refinisher of furniture. Hubby's romantic attentive spouse. Emergency medical technician and ambulance driver. That's what she is. And then Linda Weber says, and what else do I do? Among other things, she said, I do the following. I clip 10 fingernails and 10 toenails for each young child regularly. 
I return library books. I choose gifts, purchase gifts, wrap gifts for birthdays, Christmas, Father's Day, Mother's Day, wedding showers, baby showers, anniversaries, and any other event that might even remotely require a gift. I mail packages, buy stamps, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up the dry cleaning, haul everything that needs repairs, attend recitals, attend every school, every school sporting event imaginable, show for, little, show for everyone everywhere, everywhere, comb little girls' hairdos, help in the classroom, attend school PTA meetings, act as a room mother, making things and organizing more parties, chaperone field trips and special events, coordinate carpools, serve as a scout leader, bluebird, blue, Bluebird leader, I don't know what that is, Awana leader, a Sunday school teacher, deliver forgotten lunches, forgotten homework, forgotten athletic gear, make bank deposits and withdraw. It makes me exhausted just to read the list out loud. <laughs> 24 through 27, the wise wife and mother manages her household well. Verse 24, she's active with her hands. Look in verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. So here we see she's a seamstress. She's working with her hands. Number 20, verse 25, she's clothed by her character. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. That is, uh, she's stylish and she has a sense of humor. Verse 26, she's wise in her words. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction or on her tongue. She knows that words are powerful. Words have the power to heal or, or hurt, to bless or to curse. She's wise with the use of her words. And verse 27, she is attentive to her home. She watches over the affairs of her household and she does not eat the bread of idleness. She knows her family. She knows her children. She knows their individual and unique personalities and temperaments, God-given designs. She knows how to, you don't relate to every child in the same way, but every child you relate to in his, in his or her own unique way, she knows these things because she loves them. And so she is one who manages her household well. Number seven, she is praised by her family. In verse 28, her husband, excuse me, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. So, because of her character, because of her lifestyle, because of her love for her husband and her children, they in turn love and respect and bless and praise her, both children and husband. And how do they praise her? Look in verse 29. They say to her, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Wow. Now, God knows who surpasses all, but in the heart of this husband, in the heart of these children, of this wife and this mother, they think, she surpasses them all, and well they should. We all know the name of John and Charles Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement back in the 18th century in England. Uh, their mother was one of the all-time greats. Her name was Susanna. 
they had a, she and her husband had about 17 children. Uh, none as famous as John and Charles, but nevertheless. She prayed an hour each day for her children, just for her 17 children. And once a week, she would spend an hour with each of her 17 children discussing spiritual matters. I expect they called her blessed. Here are some of the rules that she used in raising her children. They may seem a little antiquated and harsh to our modern sensibilities, but here they are. Number one, eating between meals not allowed. Two, all children are to be in bed by 8 p.m. Three, they're required to take medicine without complaining. Four, subdue, subdue self-will in a child and those working together with God to save the child's soul. Five, teach a child to pray as soon as he can speak. Six, require all to be still during family worship. Good luck with that. I have memories. Seven, give them nothing they cry for and only what they ask for politely. Eight, prevent lying, punish no fault, which is first confessed and repented of. Nine, never allow a sinful act to go unpunished. Ten, never punish a child twice for a single offense. Eleven, comment and reward good behavior. Twelve, any attempt to please, even if poorly performed, should be commended. Thirteen, preserve property rights, even in the smallest matters. Sixteen, strictly observe all promises. Fifteen, that was fourteen. Fifteen, require no daughter to work before she can read well. Sixteen, teach the children to fear the rod. So one of the most remarkable women of the ages, Susanna Wesley, who raised 17 sons and daughters. She was praised by her family. And even today, 200 plus years later, we give praise for the life of Susanna Wesley. And then eight, she is honored by the Lord. A wise wife and mother is honored by the Lord. Look in verses 30 and 31. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She is honored by the Lord because she herself honors the Lord. She fears God. And verse 31 gives her her reward. Give her the reward she has earned. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. What is her reward? It is the love and gratitude and affection an appreciation of a, of a grateful husband and sons and daughters. This is the Proverbs 31 woman. I don't, I don't want to be overly personal here, but I read Proverbs 31, and I see Kim Jackson. For 48 years, she's walked by my side. Her character's better than mine. I often tell her, I wish we'd have met earlier. We'd have gotten married earlier. 
I'd have married her right out of high school. She was 20 when we got married. I'd have married her when she was 18. I'd have known her. But I married her as quickly as I could. Nine months after we met, we were married. And I believe probably there are a lot of husbands here that feel about your wives the way I feel about Kim. Other than Jesus, the best thing that ever happened to me happened on October 14, 1972, when she and I pledged our vows one to the other. Now, the book of Proverbs is a book about practical wisdom. This is the word of wisdom we've said earlier in this series. You could take the book of Proverbs and turn it into a person. You'd have Jesus, who is wisdom incarnate. Now, ladies, if you want to be a wise wife and mother and live this way, you can't do it by yourself. You must embrace the man of wisdom who is the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to live this way? You've got to be saved. You've got to be born again. You've got to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. This standard is absolutely impossible to measure up to apart from the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit of God and the grace of God given to to those who seek it. But all who seek the Lord find him, and they find in him everything they need for life and godliness and for marriage and for parenting. And God is no respecter of persons. He will save any woman, any girl, anywhere who will put her faith and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can do that today. The Bible says, Revelation chapter 3, Jesus speaking, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And if you'll come to Jesus, he'll receive you and transform you. Give you a new heart, new nature. Take away your stony heart, give you a heart of flesh. And begin to mold you and shape you to be everything that God created you to be. We're going to stand in a moment. Our pastors will be here at the front. Brother Adam's going to come and lead us in our song of commitment and decision. Somebody you to whom the Spirit of God has spoken today. Somebody you who knows that you don't have this Savior. You can know him today if you'll come to Christ. We stand and sing together. Will you come? Come to one of our pastors and say, I want to know this Jesus.